You're listening to Spice Radio, 1200 AM's Morning Buzz with Mankir Nodula. And we're talking about how on Monday, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau accused the government of India of its involvement in the fatal shooting of a Canadian Sikh leader, a claim that will have seismic effects on an already shaky bilateral relationship. We're going to talk about what this means for Canada's and India's relationship. So we are now speaking to Dr. Jovian Radeshwar, professor in the Department of Political Science at Douglas College. Jovian, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thanks for having me, Mankir, and it's an honor. Now, I just want to start off with, of course, just the way Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said on Monday that he believes that national security agencies are investigating credible allegations that the agents of the government of India were involved in the killing of a prominent Canadian Sikh leader. What do you think of the way it was presented? Uh, it was quite remarkable to have a joint address in Parliament with the opposition there as well, of course, very much um, showing a united front to Canadians that uh, this goes beyond politics. Um, certainly a very powerful statement. Um, I've certainly been thinking about it all week since uh, the statement was issued, and um, uh, it certainly makes a splash in the international community, right? This is um, something that apparently the Prime Minister brought up with Narendra Modi uh, through a kind of quiet diplomacy channel during the recent G20 uh, meetings in India, um, but apparently those were not fruitful, so um, he's decided to go in a more public direction. And do you think, um, especially now that Canada, they have kicked out an Indian diplomat, uh, Foreign Affairs Minister Melanie Jolie, described as the head of the Indian intelligence agency in the country. What does this kind of move mean? Um, Well, I wouldn't read too much into the sort of diplomatic tit-for-tat with that. I might have a different opinion than others on this issue, but I feel like the RAWs, um, that's the research and analysis wing, that's India's intelligence agency, the fact that they're top-level person was in Canada as a diplomat is itself quite a story to begin with. Um, why would that person be doing that? We hear about, you know, CIA station chiefs during the Cold War going undercover as diplomats for the United States in countries that the United States wants to influence or run operations in. And so the fact that we don't just have an Indian Foreign Service officer as a top diplomat, but actually a member of the research and analysis wing as a diplomat is, I think, quite alarming. And India, of course, they responded a day later to these accusations. India's foreign ministry rejected the allegations as absurd and motivated, basically denying any involvement. What do you think of their response? Um, The response has been, of course, expected. This is not the kind of thing that anybody would, of course, admit to. Um, I don't know, of course, necessarily what the truth is. It's still all coming out, so we shouldn't run uh, to judgment yet. We haven't seen all the evidence and all the information. Um, Certainly the pattern of denialism is, I think, a little bit worrying. I've been watching a little bit of Indian news in the last few days as well, including just yesterday an interview uh, done by the Indian journalist Karan Thapar on the Wires website, Um, and he interviewed the uh, retired head of the RAW, who basically, you know, laughed it off and uh, engaged in diversion. So the fact that that's also being done is also a little bit troubling um, as well. It would suggest that maybe there's more than meets the eye to what's going on here. Mm -hmm. And why is there such a frosty relationship between Trudeau and Modi? Yeah, that's a great question. I think about that quite a bit. Trudeau has, of course, um, invoked the ire of other uh, right-wing leaders in the world in recent years. He didn't get along very well with Donald Trump. Obviously, Canada's strong stance in favor of Ukraine's sovereignty has been a thorn in the side of um, Vladimir Putin. Um, So there's a liberalism versus conservatism divide with respect to that issue. But I'd also argue that, you know, given Canada's historic um, positive relationship with Sikh Canadians and 
Sikh Indians who have moved to Canada, and now the increasing prominence of those individuals like Jagmeet Singh, of course, and uh, uh, Harjit Singh, uh, previously, of course, um, the um, uh, 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 former Canadian uh, defense minister. Um, these folks are, are prominent individuals in Canadian society, and they also have said quite um, critical things of the Indian government. So there's this perception in India that Canada is sheltering um, people that are a threat to India's sovereignty, whereas, of course, in Canada, our feeling here is that these folks are expressing political freedoms, freedom of speech, so the idea that they couldn't do that or they have to operate in an environment of threat is unacceptable to us over here. So there's a very big divide. I don't see it getting better anytime soon. Now, Jovan, you are a professor yourself, and uh, Indians form a very substantial chunk of the total international student population here in Canada. Do you think this row will have an impact on our student population coming in from India? Yeah, absolutely. Um, already there's uh, mixes of um, reactions of fear as well as, to some degree, empowerment, since people are finally saying that the government of Canada admitted what people in the community have felt for the last several months since um, the assassination of um, Mr. Najjar in uh, Surrey a little while ago. Um, so there's a lot of uh, concern in the community. And, of course, our young people, our students are, are most vulnerable. They have the fewest ties in most cases to the community here and are, of course, um, working multiple jobs in many cases and are in a position of precarity, fragility, exposure, and um, perhaps could be easily preyed upon or intimidated. Um, I'm, I'm quite concerned about that, especially, as you mentioned, since so many of them are from Punjab. Many of them are, of course, sick, and um, they're uh, uh, a long way from home. And now they're worried about the government of the country they used to live in, perhaps, you know, meddling in the community over here. Um, it's, it's quite alarming. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now moving forward, you know, what will this mean for especially Canada and India's trade relationship? Because I understand that we had some meetings coming up, but of course, given everything that happened, it's kind of postponed. So what could the consequences be? Yeah, that's a big one, too. You know, um, the numbers I saw the other day suggested that Canada has about a little under $14 billion of annual trade with India, which is actually a very small number. Uh, overall, Canada's international trade is over a trillion dollars. It's worth over a trillion dollars. So the fact that it's only 13 or $14 billion with India is, is unusual. India is obviously a big country with a growing economy. It has much bigger trade links with other uh, Western countries, certainly especially with the United States and the United Kingdom. So Canada has, of course, wanted to uh, get into the Indian market, and that's going to create setbacks, uh, needless to say, um, in, on that front. And also, Jovin, what do you make of just the reaction of Canada's allies like the U.S. and the U.K.? I understand that they're going to go along with, um, you know, talking to India about their own trade agreements. What do you think of their reaction to this whole situation? Um, I think that we're going to see um, a bit of a divide on that. I think the United States is going to have to take Canada's side, at least rhetorically, publicly, in a rather strong way. Uh, the U.K., on the other hand, um, appears to be... Uh, not particularly uh, moved necessarily by the outrage in Canada, yet um, we see that they're proceeding, of course, with their trade negotiations uh, with India, despite um, you know concerns about this particular incident. So um, we could see a potential divide. India, obviously, is being groomed to be a geopolitical ally of the West as a counterweight to China, and that's in many ways one of Joe Biden's very big projects at the moment, not that long ago. Uh, Joe Biden, of course, invited and uh, hosted the Indian Prime Minister in the United States, who also gave a joint address to the um, Indian, I'm sorry, excuse me, to the United States Congress. 
Um, and so there's been a lot of criticism of that, given that obviously they have a bad uh, human rights record, not just with respect to Sikhs, but with respect to other um, religious and ethnic minorities in India. The violence in Manipur continues uh, with no end in sight. So there's a lot to be criticized of the well, I think, see those criticisms muted for the near term, given that, of course, uh, there's such a huge uh, geopolitical pivot um, underway. And, uh, you know, it just goes to show that in international affairs, um, morality often takes second place to uh, more strategic calculations. And, Jovan, what are your thoughts on this travel advisory that India has given its citizens? Yeah, that's an interesting one, right? I think that um, India might not be the safest place to go. I'm not going to weigh in too much more on that. I just do feel that, you know, it's advisable if you're certainly of Indian descent or if you're an outspoken Canadian uh, seeking to uh, travel to India or study in India or do business in India, that it might be worthwhile to think about making sure that your um, security is in in a good way or that you uh, don't say maybe the wrong thing to the wrong people. Um, it's, it's It's a unusual, paranoid and increasingly uncertain environment. And I know, Jovian, that, you know, you can't see the future. I think a lot of us want to know, how do you think this is going to end? What do you think is going to happen next? Yeah, that's a great question. I feel like we'll most likely see a shift in Canadian politics in the coming years away from India and possibly more in the direction of China, because the Chinese government obviously has had uh, its role also in Canada, just this last summer, there's a lot of concern about electoral interference. It's, a, it's an investigation that, of course, the parliament is commencing um, uh, in, in, uh, about the Chinese role in Canada. But it's also true that China's a much larger trading partner than India is for Canada. And um, that might just be something Canada will have to lean into, because Canada as a medium power uh, often will have to put its morals aside when it comes to questions of uh, national survival. And even though China has its own human rights issues, at the current precise moment, those human rights issues are not necessarily as much overlapping with human rights issues um, in Canada, per se, for um, the Chinese-Canadian community or for Canadians more generally, which, of course, an assassination on Canadian soil would have that kind of an effect for the Indo-Canadian community. Mm, so we will only time will tell what's going to happen next. Jovian, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate your insight on this issue. You take care. Thank you. You too. Bye.